0: Welcome to the Jill on Money coronavirus market update. Yes, it is Sunday. And yes, you deserve a break because the news cycle is exhausting. And I know for those of you who are investing, it's been pretty awful. On the other hand, you know what? As long as you're not sick, if the only thing we have to worry about is your money, we'll figure that out together. So all you have to do is send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. You can also go to the website, jillonmoney.com. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also see that we've got a bunch of resources. And uh, Mark and I have been talking constantly, not that we don't do that anyway, but we've been trying to make sure we keep the resources pretty uh, robust. Mark found the best FAQ on the coronavirus bill. It's by uh, Tara Siegel-Bernard at the New York Times. It is so helpful. It helped me uh, just to kind of figure out where things are. Check that out. It really is helpful. Very, very helpful. Okay, let's get to your questions. Tommy writes, subject line, borrow to invest, Tommy says, my home is paid off. Should I borrow money through a home equity line of credit to invest in the stock market with the hopes the market will turn around in a year when I would then, of course, sell my stock at the right time? I'm putting that in. I'm being facetious to pay off the HELOC. Tommy, don't do this. Come on. No cutie pie stuff here. Keep it simple. I'm not sure why you ended up paying off your house. I don't know how old you are, but don't do that. Okay? Uh, Richard says, I'm thinking about selling my mutual funds and sitting on the sidelines till this bottoms out. Do you think that's a good approach? No, no, I don't, Rich. Everyone stop with the market timing. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. You're not going to time the market right. Stick with what you got. Okay. Cheryl writes that she and her husband are 66 and 68. They've got pensions and social security, social security, 160 bucks a month. My husband's 1500 a month. And this is sufficient for us to live on now. We've got no mortgage, no car loan. We pay off our credit cards. We've got Medicare and supplemental insurance, also dental and vision. My husband has a $23,000 dental bill coming due. But other than that, our house maintenance is the biggest outlay. They've got $785,000 in stocks and bonds. And the account dropped about $100,000 in value over the past week. Uh, We received this last Saturday, so a week ago. The good news is, by the way, that since then, the market has gone up. They've got 65% in bonds, 35% in stocks at Vanguard, 120 grand in cash. In two years, they're going to have to take required minimum distributions. Do you recommend that we move more of our investments into bonds, or is the current distribution a good one? No. Stick with what you got. Do not do anything. No moving. You're good. By the way, she writes, thanks for your show. You are a lifeline in a turbulent ocean. That's a nice way of putting it. Thank you. Cheryl, you've got 65% in bonds, 35% in stocks. I bet that a lot of your account value clawed back. You're not back to where you were at the tippy top, but you guys are all learning a very important lesson just watching the last six weeks of this market. And that is, this stuff is whipping around faster than you can actually react to it. And thankfully, hopefully you don't react to it. You just stay put. Okay. Uh, Alex says, my parents never had bonds in their portfolio for the last 50 years. It was all big name stocks. There was about uh, $55,000 in dividends annually. I watched their portfolio go up and down with the market. It always came back to higher highs and they always had plenty of cash. Having been educated by watching their holdings in calm and volatile markets and seeing their historic recoveries, I'm prone to hold only stocks and see no reason to have anything else besides a year's worth of cash on hand. Do you see that as a viable plan? Thanks, Alex, who listens on WINA, which is Charlottesville, I think, Virginia. That's a, that is a CBS affiliate, I believe. Uh, you know, here's the thing it is fantastic if you can manage to hold 100% stocks. You're right, it's great most people don't have the stomach for it. So Alex, if you do have the stomach for it and you can get through turbulent times and you're not going to need this money, then sure, that's fine. Most people can't do that. Okay. Paul writes a uh, subject line, not panicked. Jill, I just retired in November, four weeks ago asked a close friend and former CFP if I should remove my 401k exposure to market volatility now that I'm retired. If so, where to move the money? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. He demurred a direct answer. I did nothing. COVID crash, 30 grand, vaporized your thoughts, much valued, Paul, you got a long retirement ahead of you. All right. And you know what I would say? We all could look back and cherry pick the best ideas in the world. It's like, I feel like I'm talking to sometimes like a a gambler and the gambler's like, tells you all the greatest bets he or she ever placed or golfer. It tells you about the best round, but not the worst round. That's not how life works. You get it all. You know, You, you get the ups, you get the downs. I don't think it makes sense to go back in the past and think about what you could have done. By the way, when the market turns around and goes a lot higher, it's not going to be worthwhile going back and saying, Oh, I should have bought the bottom. No one does that. That's why diversified portfolios that are kind of set, set it and forget it work really well. John writes that he's a longtime listener to the podcast and he says, I love your no nonsense approach to personal finance and life in general. I have a few coronavirus questions for you that hopefully you can address on the podcast. From what I gathered, the 1918 flu pandemic was orders of magnitude worse than the world is experiencing now. What was the economic impact of that event? So I don't know, first of all. And it was worse because, you know, some enormous number of people died in that pandemic. And the question, what did state, local, federal governments do to deal with all the of that? Here's the thing. The really problematic aspect of 1918 is that we had no social safety nets that were available, which is why as things came back and we had the roaring 20s, when the actual collapse of the economy came in the Great Depression, that's why we had 25% unemployment. That's why economic output decreased by half over the course of four years. So what I would say that Um, we have that is much different than a hundred years ago is that we now understand that health pandemics can turn into financial pandemics, that uh, economic output being stopped short needs federal attention, needs the Federal Reserve's attention. And frankly, the fact that they passed this bill as quickly as they did is kind of a miracle considering how much they all hate each other. You know? So- I, I I think I understand the comparison. I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. Here's our last email for today, Sunday, Jill. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and expertise. My wife and I watch you on CBS Los Angeles, and have also read your book and reread it. It's terrific. I've advised so many of my friends and colleagues to read your book. I love your humor and direct style. I've been listening to your podcast nightly. I thank you for devoting your time and energy at a time of deep concern in gratitude. Ed and Joanne. Do you know why Mark's doing this? He's making me, making sure that I get a nice email at the end of every episode because I'm sometimes I pull my hair out every day. So he likes to remind me, this is why we do what we do. And it is. And so we are blessed to be able to present this for you. And we are blessed that you are taking time out of your day. So please know that we don't take that for granted ever ever, ever, ever. So Mark and I are in gratitude to all of you who listen. We are sending our thoughts to the folks who are suffering from their health issues. We are sending our um, hopes that none of you are freaking out too much about your financial life. But if you are, just send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com eat your Wheaties. It's going to be a big week because next week we're going to start hearing from some of the big nations retailers about what's really going on in those stores, which have been shuttered. And also on Friday, monthly jobs report. And that one is going to be a big, ugly, nasty report. Okay. So get ready. Don't react. If you feel like you're about to make a trade, send us an email instead. Okay. How about that? It's like a pinky swear. Great. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.